0: I want you to be thinking about the message of those two songs this morning as you're turning in your Bibles to the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis 37. Please turn there. We're saying those two songs God is so good, and our God is an awesome God. If there was anybody looking back on their life, who could make that point, who understood how awesome God is and how good God was. It would be Joseph. You remember Joseph? As a 17-year-old, Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 11, tell us that his brothers envied him, and they hated him. His brothers hated him. They hated him so much that they could not even speak peaceably to him according to verse 4. Joseph had a dream. That dream was an apparent prophetic message from God. And and when he told his brothers God's message, it says in verse 5, they hated him, hate's a strong word, they hated him even more. And when he told them that dream, verse 8 says, So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And why not? I mean, if you look at this thing, and you really think about it, I mean, like I said, hate is strong, and these were his own brothers and all that. But think about the dream he had. I mean, look at it. Let's look at it for a moment. Look at the dream God gave him in verses 6 and 7 that he shared with his brothers. He said... Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold my sheaf arose and also stood upright and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaves. Now this coming from the little guy amongst the group, it's no wonder that you know the older brothers were pretty put out with that. I mean, Joseph must have seemed pretty full of himself, don't you think? Hey, I had this dream and you know, your sheaf's going to bow down to my sheaf. That's a pretty arrogant statement to make. Even though those words that he told them were from God according to verse 8. Verses 9 and 10 detail the account of a second, very similar dream and message from God. Which Joseph also shared with his family with pretty much the same result, if you were to read verses 9 and 10. And so, Joseph's own brothers conspired against him and sought to get rid of him, verses 12 through 24. And they were successful. Selling him into the hands of Ishmaelite traders traveling to Egypt and causing their father at the same time untold agony. Verses 25 through 35. So we see all of that transpire. Here's Joseph sold into slavery. It's a mess. And in Genesis 39, if you'll turn over there, we see Joseph sold as a slave to Potiphar. Genesis 39, verses 1 through 4. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. You remember Gideon on the threshing floor, and he was told that God was with him, and he said, basically, if God is with me, why has all this happened? If, if this is, you know, from, if, if this is all about God being with me, then how come I got this issue? Well, Joseph was in a predicament. As I said, brothers had envied him, hated him, sold him, and, and here he is. But the Lord was with him. And he was successful. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, and then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. Well, despite what his brothers had done to him, Joseph still loved and obeyed the Lord. And because of that, the Lord was with him and blessed him. We know the story. You know, Potiphar's wife approaches him, accuses him of a crime he didn't commit. And we see the same story play itself out when he's thrown into prison for that crime he did not commit in the last four verses of this same chapter, starting in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. It's easy to remember this particular chapter because it's in the first four verses and the last four verses that you see two statements each time of how the Lord was with Joseph. Eventually, because Joseph loved trusted and obeyed God, no matter what kind of circumstance he was in, no matter what people did to him, by God's power and providence, he arose and became second in command. He had power that was only second to Pharaoh himself in all the land of Egypt. And that wasn't by Joseph's doing, that was by God's doing, because again, no matter what circumstance he found himself in, no matter, I mean, he could have rotted in that prison, I'm sure that prisoners probably died there in in Pharaoh's prison. But through it all, in the darkest of valleys, he trusted God. And he obeyed God. And he loved God. And God was with him. And God made everything he did prosper. Look in Genesis 41. And you'll see what Pharaoh did. Genesis 41, verses 39 and following. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had made him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, Bow the knee! So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. What an awesome God to do that for Joseph. What an incredible, powerful, awesome God that no matter all he had been through, he just held on to God and God blessed it. In Joseph's response, which to me is one of the key phrases, key verses in this entire account, Joseph's response, when God's providence finally brought his brothers who had sought and plotted and schemed to get rid of him, have to come face to face with what they had done is one of the most powerful, insightful and incredible conclusions in the entire Genesis account Genesis 50 in verse 20. When his brothers are brought face to face with what they had done Joseph said in verse 20 As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is to this day, to save many people alive. I love Joseph's attitude. I love Joseph's faith. And I love Joseph's God because that's my God and that's your God. This is a God who works with any who will work with him. This is a God who blesses. This is an awesome God. And Joseph knew him. Joseph, looking back over his life, I believe could see the hand of God working in every step he took. Consider with me this. When Joseph sought to simply share with his brothers what God had shown him, his brothers envied, hated, and sought to get rid of him. When they succeeded, it looks, it looks dismal, when they succeeded though, God blessed Joseph by raising him up over all of Potiphar's household. Now when Potiphar's wife succeeded in getting him thrown down into prison, he'd been down in the pit, God raised him up. Now he's thrown down into prison. God blessed Joseph by raising him up over the entire prison. And when he's out of that prison and he's brought before Pharaoh, God blessed Joseph by raising him up over the entire nation of Egypt. Isn't that an awesome God? A God who rewards those who stick with him. And God raised him up over the entire nation of Egypt. And that was how God then used that to bring about the very thing that he had originally showed showed Joseph. Back in Genesis 37, in the first few verses, right back around, God knew exactly what he was doing. Even though Joseph didn't at times. Joseph knew firsthand the power and the providence, the awesome power and providence of Almighty God. How, no matter what his brothers, no matter what Potiphar's wife, no matter what his fellow prisoners or even mighty Pharaoh himself might have planned or purposed for him, it was God who would inevitably work out his incredible and wonderful will for Joseph's life to bless Joseph and to stick with Joseph because Joseph was sticking with God. The message in Genesis fifty twenty 20 tells us what an awesome God we have and tells us what an awesome life that we can have if we totally trust God, His Word, and His providence, no matter what or who we're up against. But here's what I want you to know. Joseph was by far not the only one that told us this message in the Scriptures. Joseph was not the only one of God's faithful followers who told us about the incredible blessings of being faithful to this faithful and awesome God. Joseph would have surely agreed with Asaph when Asaph wrote in Psalm 73... Truly, God is good to such as are pure in heart. I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Asaph writes, Whom have I in heaven but you? There is none upon the earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It's good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all his works. Surely Joseph understood and would have agreed totally with the words of Asaph. And again, those are selected excerpts from Psalm 73. Joseph, knowing this awesome God who works through all circumstances, would certainly have agreed completely with the divinely inspired words of King David. As we see in Psalm 142. Please turn there. Psalm 142. We have an awesome God. Psalm 142. Joseph would have agreed with this. It's no surprise because actually everything, every word of the Bible is divinely inspired and comes from God. It's all from the same author originally. Psalm 142, David says... I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him and I declare before him my trouble. David was in trouble. In the New King James Version, it tells us, this is not divinely inspired, but it tells us that this was a contemplation of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. David was hurting. He goes on to say in verse 3 of Psalm 142, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me. you ever been there? Your spirit is just so laden, so hurting. He says, God, you knew my path. He says, in the way in which I walk, they have secretly set a snare for me. This was like Joseph's brothers had done to him. This was like Potiphar's wife had done to him. Surely Joseph would understand this. David continues in verse 4, Look on my right hand and see, there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. Do you think maybe that when Joseph was in that pit, that maybe he felt some of those same things? Mom, brothers, nobody cares. David says, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Certainly his brothers were. Bring my soul out of prison. Maybe that was the thought of Joseph when he was in that prison. That I may praise your name, the righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. He says, God, I know you can take care of me. Joseph's God was David's God. Joseph would have surely agreed with the divine wisdom of King Solomon in Proverbs 19.21 when he said, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Surely Joseph would have understood that, that it didn't matter what the others were doing about anything, his own brothers or Potiphar or any of them. It was God's plan that was going to stand and that's kind of the message of Genesis 50 and verse 20. Surely Joseph would have agreed with Jeremiah when Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Did Joseph have a future and a hope when he was in that pit? Did Joseph have a future and a hope when he was in that prison? Why? Because Joseph trusted God through it all. And because he did, the Lord was with him and made him successful in whatever he did. Joseph would have certainly agreed with Jeremiah. Joseph knew the same God and certainly would have agreed with the Apostle Paul when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 10.13, God is faithful. He'll not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Did God do that for Joseph? Yes, He did. This is the same God. And finally... Surely Joseph understood and would have agreed completely with the words of the Apostle Paul with some of my absolutely favorite and providential truths in the entire New Testament from Romans chapter 8 where it says in verses 28, 31, and 37 And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You suppose Joseph could have identified with that? Amen. Yes, verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loves us. What an awesome, incredible Powerful and providential God we have. What an incredible, powerful, providential God we have the opportunity to know, we have the opportunity to follow, and we have the opportunity to watch work in our lives for our good. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That is the God Joseph knew. That is the God that not only Joseph knew. That is the God that Joseph, Asaph, David, Solomon, Jeremiah, The Apostle Paul and so many others knew and belonged to and followed. And because of it, they could say, God meant it for good. My question this morning, do you know this God? Do you really know this God? Do you follow him? Do you belong to him? Because I think, I think, just my opinion, I think I could speak for Joseph and Asaph and David and Solomon and Jeremiah and the Apostle Paul. I think I could speak for them in saying that if you do not know him and belong to him and follow him, you don't know what you're missing. We have an awesome God. This morning, if you do not belong to Him, if you have never been to the point in your life where you have studied and repented and been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you don't belong to Him according to Galatians 3, 26 and 7 because by faith we are all children of God or we are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus for as many of us as have been baptized into Christ, have clothed ourselves with Christ. That's when we come to belong to Him, when we accept the gift. When we accept what He did for us on the cross and we submit to Him. And we say, just like Joseph, God, I'm going to give you everything. Everything is yours. My life is yours. I'm going to surrender it all. You can take me where you want. You can do with me what you want. But I know that you see the end and I know you are God and I will follow you. That's the commitment that we make at baptism. That's when we repent and put that old man of sin to death that says, boy, I'm smart. I'm going to run my own life the way I want. No, we're not. This morning, are you ready to surrender in the waters of baptism? Or maybe you have been through the waters of baptism, but you've gotten to the point in your life where you realize, eh, I could do better. Not only could I do better, I should be doing better. And you need the prayers of the church for strength, for some sin that you wrestle with or some struggle that you have that you just can't seem to get past i'm here to tell you this morning god wants to work through that and bring you through it and god is probably even working through it even if you don't see it because that's who god is that's providence this morning if you need the prayers of the church or to become a child of god to belong to him to know him and to follow him please come to the front as we stand and sing the song that has been selected